Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Stop Decorating the Fish. I know we've been MIA a bit. It's been a really, really busy summer and fall, but we are back in action and hope to be more regular with this. Today, I want to talk about the idea of return on investment. It's a term we throw around a lot in our organizations. Uh, Sometimes I actually wish we'd talk about that more in government. But I want to break down a little bit what that really means and how I see it, take it or leave it, my opinion. The older I get, the more I know it's just my opinion. I hope you have your own, but maybe here's some, I'll give you some things to think about. So first, let's imagine you had $1,000 and you had to make an investment. You would look at uh, all your different options. It could be that some of investments could give you just a 2% return and others were really, really safe. Let's assume they were, and it'd give you a 10% return. If it were both equally safe, you would probably go for the one that would give you a 10% return. I know that sounds obvious, but we this is the first step to return on investment. It's not just starting with, here's the project, here's the initiative we like, and let me push forward a return on investment or a business case. The real question is, what's the opportunity cost? What are you not putting your money into? With the scenario I just gave you, you may have multiple, multiple options and you're reviewing all of them to know not just what to invest in, but what not to invest in. What isn't the best return on your investment? And unfortunately, in uh, our organizations, I think we miss this a little bit. We fall in love with our idea or the idea that's presented to us or the problem presented to us seems pretty clear, pretty obvious. So we run with it and we don't look at the opportunity cost. For example, there is a report I was reading recently. It mentioned or said was going through the money spent by the federal government on data systems. And the estimate is that the 2024 budget, there'll be over $74 billion put towards uh, data systems. Now that's excluding the U.S. military, which is huge in this space, and they don't release that. So that's a whole nother huge chunk of money that isn't even accounted for in the 74 billion. These are just data systems. So imagine, you know, you're, we're all taxpayers out here. Let's say you're a parent with a kid with disabilities, significant disabilities, and you're on a wait list to get services. And you find out the federal government's spending that kind of money. Would you see that as the best use of funds? Now, internally in our bureaucracies, we may think, yeah, we need the data. We need all this data. We've got to collect the data. We may use it for algorithms to to answer all of our questions or to get our dashboards set up and yada, yada, yada. My, My experience in this is we collect way too much data. A lot of it we don't even use. And the data that we do need sometimes isn't even there. Setting that aside, though. We have to make hard decisions about where to invest. And if I'm that kid and that parent, I'm probably going to say, hey, I, I, it's a little bit more important for me that I get some respite care so I can go to work or day services for my kids so I can go to work. Probably more important than a data system for the bureaucracy. And so these are hard choices we have to make all the time. We do not have infinite money. So we really have to think about from our customer's perspective, how would they see the best use of these funds. Again, people may say, well, we've got to have basic infrastructure in place, right? We've got to have a way to process applications, et cetera. Sure, but sometimes we are way overboard on the money we spend. Or it could be, you know what? Maybe we're going to take the pain in the bureaucracy. 
we're just not going to spend it to make our lives easier. We're going to first try to make the lives of our customers much better and easier, and then we'll worry about our problem. And by the way, when we do that, usually our problems are uh, recontextualized and the set of problems we have are different. So that drives me nuts when I see the amount of money that we spend, but it's not getting to the customer. This is the first opportunity cost issue to think about. Is it going for us or is it going for the customer? Now, if we've gone through that first step and now we say, okay, we we really still think we need this, then we've still got to think about a business case. Now, we often go to our, our, um, our shareholders or our bosses or in government, our appropriators, and want money, or our CFOs, and we want and we ask for more money. And yeah, our own business cases, quite frankly, aren't great, the many that I've seen. So I'll give you an example. Uh, assume you want to do a single sign-on. You want to make it so that your customers don't have to fill out multiple applications. They only have to fill out one application to access um, or apply for multiple types of programs. And the estimate is that, you know, you're going to save you know, $10 or 10 minutes per application. That sounds great, right? Except for the real challenge the customer faces isn't on the front end. Yes, it's great for them to save 10 minutes. But if you're spending $60 million plus to save 10 minutes on all application, that will, by the way, take a couple, you know, time to get this all set up and implemented. The back end, the time it takes to get a decision or to get the actual benefit still could take 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, sometimes longer. So is the biggest, is the best use of those dollars of that 60 million for fixing the back end to help speed up the process to get applications decided in 10, 10 days, 15 days, some in two days, compared to shaving off 10 minutes off of an application. Again, those are hard choices we have to make, but we've got to start looking at what's the most fundamental problem our customers have and how can this solve for that before we do what I call leapfrog to the simpler, more obvious issues to solve for. We see this a lot in modernization, right? We um, go forward and we've got to modernize our systems. That buzzword drives me crazy. By the way, in technology, we're never done upgrading uh, you can modernize today, and we all know in 10 years from now, technology will change again, and there's going to be some other product we have to adopt or buy or stand up or redo our legacy systems, whatever it is. It's always changing. And somehow we always find money to stand up our new modernization IT systems while the customer still struggles. So if we're going to really think that our modernization efforts are important, the question is, can we modernize with a purpose? While we're in there modernizing, can we batch our modernization efforts and focus those on the most important problems for our customers so that while we spend $100 million, $200 million, a half a billion dollars, which I've seen, spent on modernization efforts, that at the end of the day, we can justify the expense. We can say this is a good return on investment, not just because it makes us easy, easier for us, so we, the developers, can make one change and it rolls out across the system and it's easier for cybersecurity, whatever your reasons are. Can you modernize in a way that shows we're going to do this, and while we're in there, we're going to fix this significant pro problem for the customer? So let's take that even a step further. Let's say we've you know, decided we really need it, and we're going to focus on not just the fancy window dressing stuff like single sign-on, but the deeper, more structural issues going on in the process itself, and we're going to fix that. So now let's say 
we're going to do it. And we're going to, uh, we're going to go into a child welfare system and we want to modernize our IT systems. And the cost is going to be $30 million. By the way, it'll probably be 40 or 50 plus all the ongoing maintenance. That's going to cost a couple more million a year. But let's say the original estimates at 30 million. Fine. We'll take it on its face value. And I'm saying, look, if I do this, my, uh, first thing is I've got to look at what are my costs today and my value today compared to once I have the system? Unfortunately, in most of our systems in government, and I would say this is also true in the, in the private sector, we don't really know. The CFO of the budget team speak a very different language from those on the program side or the sales or marketing side. They speak very different languages. And we've got to figure out how to make those languages talk, or those two languages uh, translate with one another. That'll be its own episode. But let's say right now with child welfare, I'm, I can look at my my numbers and I can say right now to help get a kid into what we call permanency, which means uh, you know, the, the kid gets into foster care or adoption really, really fast, a permanent situation so they're not bouncing around, or... Uh, the services required to keep that kid safe in home with the family, getting that family the supports they need to safely raise their children. Let's say the the scenario, first scenario, in-home services, it costs me $3,000 a year to do these in-home services. And I am now going to spend $30 million on my system. How do I justify that? Well, the first step is understanding how much it costs you today. What does it cost you to get what we call a throughput, a final completed product? Not all the activities, but actually the goal of the system. And we say it's 3000 a year. And I think by doing this system somehow, usually no one can very actually verbalize this other than it helps us have more time because we have fewer forms to fill out. But we've really got to think about what does it do? How does this help me? create better in-home services for these families much faster so these families stay together and we are out of their business and they have the services they need. And let's say I assume I can do this in a way, I save enough capacity within my team from not having duplicate forms or using all the buzzwords, streamline, duplication of effort. Let's say we really do that. We say, okay, we've done that. We think we're going to save about $500 on this in-home service, and it's going to go from three thousand to twenty-five hundred. By the way, I'd be looking at actually putting more services there because uh, I want to stabilize these families fast. But let's say I go from three thousand to twenty-five hundred because I save all this money internally from reducing duplication of effort. All right, so it's five hundred dollars a case, and let's say you have five thousand cases a year. And so that's about every year, that's saving you about $2.5 million. But your IT system's $30 million. So how many years is it going to take for you to even break even on this new IT system? Again, that doesn't even include the ongoing maintenance. I'm taking that out for the minute, for the moment. So that would take you 12 years. 12 years. 2.5 million times 12 is $30 million. 12 years to even just break even Again, doesn't include the ongoing maintenance costs. And by then, we know the tech's going to change again. Tech's going to change again. And so if we can't verbalize how our initiative is going to make a tangible and significant impact 
we really need to think about, is it the right return on investment? Yes. Would it be nice to have this system? Would it make our lives a little bit easier? Could we say we've adopted and modernized and we have the ability to use AI and all this stuff? Fine. Those are all means to an end. Can you verbalize the end? Because if you can't, think where that 30 million could go. Think about investing it in substance abuse services where there may be wait lists or there's not enough of them. Think about investing those into physical health or more primary care physicians or whatever the customer needs to help stabilize their family. That's a huge opportunity cost. And if we can't verbalize it, I really think we should step back and rethink it. Maybe you have to do some of it, but it's a minimally viable solution. You get the basics done and maybe cost you 5 million, a much easier justification for that initiative. I find it interesting that we always have money. It seems like we always have money to solve our own data and IT system issues while people who need services are on wait lists or can't get what they need when they need it. So we've got to be able to verbalize it. And I would say the final point in this I don't think anyone in in our organizations are just like, hey, we don't want to do a good job. We don't care about the investment. I think people do. We just have to think through it. And when you take your proposal to your CFO or to your appropriators, sometimes we can blame them for not seeing why we need what we need or not prioritizing this. It could be that we've not made it easy for them to understand why this investment is worthwhile. Why would investment in a new IT system? What's the return on investment? If we can't verbalize that to our appropriators, to our legislative oversight bodies, to our shareholders, to our CFO, of course they may not support it. We have to do the hard work on our end to show the taxpayers and those who actually have hold the purse strings that there is a very good return on this. And in fact, those of you who are, hold the purse strings, CFOs or budget directors or legislative appropriators, you should expect more from those bringing you the money. We've talked about um, at the national level, unemployment insurance uh, has put out tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on modernizing UI systems. And yes, they gave some more capabilities for fraud detection, et cetera. But when you look at the actual measures across the nation with unemployment insurance, first pay timeliness, meaning how quickly does somebody get a check and the accuracy of those checks in proper payments, we don't see a big change in the numbers. So we're putting all this money into modernizing our IT systems while there's nothing really changing on the bottom line of how quickly it or the accuracy of these benefit payments. If... I would have loved if the federal government could have said by doing this, this is the very significant and ambitious target we have to achieve. And if we don't achieve this, the technology isn't successful. That would have been a really interesting place to start. We seldom see that. So little final hint, when we're in our own initiatives and our own work, or we feel like we need more money, uh, it feels very real to us. Those feel like real pain points. I get it. But sometimes we got to get outside of ourselves. And the way I do this to myself to check myself is I look at what would I think if the federal government were doing this and they put it on a billboard. So the federal government extracts my money. I have no control over it. They do what they're going to do with it. They take it. And on the billboard, they put $50 million initiative to rebrand our workforce development centers. I saw that, you know, a while. It was a while ago, but that was a big initiative of rebranding. 
for me, not my top priority. For me as a taxpayer, nope, not a good return on investment. Now, the bureaucracy may feel that. People have good intentions. But check yourself. When we have control of the funds and we're in the, the seat of authority, it can feel um, very different than when we don't have that authority or we don't have a say or we don't have a way to influence. We're outside of the system. And so when we're outside of the system, we may see things a little more objectively. So when in doubt, just put yourself outside of the system. And there is so much money out there that are going into issues that aren't making a difference while major significant issues persist. That this one thing, nailing the return on investment for the those we serve would have such an impact if we could really think and do the hard work. So wish you all the best this week. And we always love you tuning in. We've got a strong, vibrant community out there who are in the world trying to make a difference wherever you are. So thanks for what you do and talk to you next time.